podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Good morning, church. How are we doing? Can you just turn and just nod at somebody? Just say, I've seen you. Just nod. For those of you who are introverts, I've got your back this morning. Yeah, you don't want somebody to just come give you a big hug all of a sudden, say, how you doing, high fives, and just nod, just nod. I, I see you. Great. Good morning. Maestro, can I have the slides, please? Thank you. So I'm here to talk about serving one another. We're continuing this ser- uh, series on one another, but I'm going to start with uh, a question. In fact, two questions, both have the same answer. I'm going to, uh, this is a brain teaser this morning. I said, oh no. Um, but those of you who are Bible scholars, this will be easy. Um, so first question is, why is it important to serve? Second question, which has the same answer is, why did Jesus say it is better to receive or more blessed to receive, give, than it is to receive? Sorry, I got it out the other way wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Got it the other way around. More blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Anybody? I need some audience. We need audience participation this morning. Come on. Because Jesus said so. Yes, he did. But why? Why did he say that? It's good for us. I like it. Because he did it. Good. We're getting somewhere. He said it in his prayer. Good. But why? Let's go deeper. He said it. He did it. But why? I'm looking out at the back, seeing some people. I know you know the answers. Okay. I like it. Do you know why? It is God's nature, pure and simple. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave. His only begotten son. It is God's nature. If you forget anything I said this morning, it is important to serve because Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, for for even the son of man came into this world not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is our example. The nature of God is love. God sent his son, and in in giving his son, he actually served us. God loved, he gave, he served. If you forget anything else, That is the key thing. That is why it's so important to serve. So Jesus is our example. I pulled up a few things about how the Gospels depict Jesus. Matthew starts off like this. Matthew has got king written all over it because Jesus is depicted as the king and the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it says, and this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David son of Abraham. Matthew 
the book of Matthew is written to the Gentiles, and he wants us to show, she wants us to see that Jesus is king and Messiah. So it's a depiction of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark is all about telling us how Jesus is a servant. Why? There's no pedigree. There's no genealogy because a servant has no pedigree. He is only known by what he does. And you find the word euthios used quite often, which is the Greek word for immediately or soon after, showing that Jesus was moving from one task to the, un- to the other quite quickly. If you read the whole, just chapter one, you'll find the word immediately or soon after used frequently. And that book is written to the Gentiles. Mark is painting the picture that Jesus was a servant. Also, it's depicted by either the ox or the sheep. Why? Because that's a subservient animal, an animal that carries burden, our burden. That's Jesus. Luke. Luke is the gospel that is written to show us that Jesus was human. He was the son of man. In chapter 3, Luke traces the genealogy of Jesus right the way to Adam, the first man. So Luke shows us the humanity of Jesus. John, well, John doesn't mess around with genealogy. He gets straight to the point. He continues where Genesis starts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He's trying to depict Jesus as fully God, the Son of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men, 1 John 14. And is depicted by the animal, the eagle, the one who has come from on high. So, in the Gospels, Jesus is um, one gospel itself, and you will see it all around. Jesus serves everyone, but one gospel itself, Mark, is depicted to showing Jesus as our servant. He is our example. So how did he serve us? We need to see how Jesus serves us because that will be our inspiration this morning. That will be your inspiration. Jesus serves as our healer. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Again, going to ask a quiz question. How many years do you think she suffered? Twelve years. Good. Twelve years. And did you know, if you look at Leviticus chapter 15, verse 19, if a woman has a discharge of blood, she is to be set apart for seven days. That's the Jewish tradition. She had to be, in one way or other, quarantined for 12 years. Because anything she touches, or anyone who touches her, becomes unclean. For 12 years, that woman suffered. But she decided, she took a risk. And those of you who are program managers or program executives will know she used an if statement, which is a risk statement. She said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. The second part of it was where the faith statement came. I 
will be made well. She took a risk. The thing is, she touched someone who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the fairest of ten thousands. So when she touched Jesus' garment, instead of Jesus becoming unclean, power went out the other way and touched her. And she was immediately made well. And the Bible says she knew it. She, she was in hiding. And Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? Peter says, Lord, we're practically on top of you. What do you mean, who touched you? But Jesus knew power had gone out of him. And you know what Jesus wanted to do? He wanted to serve as her healer. She wanted to acknowledge her faith. She said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And she almost wanted to tell her, take everything you need from me because I've got plenty. Take all the healing you need from me. I'm here to serve you. Take everything you need. So he says, your faith has made you whole. All the 12 years that you've been suffering, within a moment, God reverses the curse, reverses the situation, makes it all new again. And that woman situation, you see, she was identified by her condition. We don't know her name. The woman with the issue of blood, her situation was her identity. But Jesus changed all of that. He served her as her healer. There's another story. Jesus serves as a righteous judge. Another woman, I believe she was trapped by some of the um, people that were trying to trap Jesus. She was caught in the act of committing adultery, brought her in front of Jesus and said, Rabbi, what do you say? Such of these that were caught in the act should be stoned. Jesus was calm. Just stood down and just wrote something on the ground. He wasn't phased. Jesus serves as our righteous judge. Because, as you know, the story goes, and it is true, in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, it does say, if the man and woman who were caught in the act of adultery, both of them should be put to death. It's written like that. But strangely enough, if you read this story, only the woman was caught, the man wasn't there to be seen. But, so we know it was a trap. But Jesus knew what was happening. And he was so wise. He judged the woman not to be condemned. She said, I don't condemn you. But those that tried to condemn the woman, she said, well, your sins are there. If you think you do not have sin, cast the first stone. Well, they couldn't because they were sin conscious. So one of the, each one of them just left one by one. Jesus serves as our righteous judge. Isn't it amazing how he has so much compassion for the woman and said, I don't condemn you. 
go, sin no more. That is our Jesus. He serves as our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? The first bit, as you read some of the uh, recordings in gospel, the Bible said he looked out at the multitudes and he had compassion because they were like sheep without shepherd. And he began to teach them, heal them about the things of God. But they were in a desert place and uh, the disciples came and said, well, Lord, tell them to move on. Let them go and find food in the villages. It's getting late. What were the disciples trying to do? They were trying to shift the responsibility and the accountability to somebody else. It's not our problem, Lord. Just send them away. And Jesus said, no, you feed them. I said, Lord, you know, it would be a few thousand denarius or whatever it was, the currency of those days. We don't have that money. But Jesus always asked the question, what do you have? What is in your hands? And today as we talk about serving one another, it's not about what you don't have. What has God given you? What has he placed in your heart? What talents has he invested in you that you can use to extend the kingdom of God? So finally, they said, yeah, we've got five loaves and two fish, Lord. It's somebody's, uh, this lad here, is, it's his tuna sandwich lunch. What do you want us to do with it? And Jesus multiplies. When you bring your talents and your gifts to Jesus, he will multiply. And finally, this is the ultimate um, expression of Jesus' um, servanthood. Um, they were sat at the table, John chapter 13, verse 3. It says like this, it begins like this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, laid aside his outer garments, rose up from the table, girded himself with a towel, and then he went to fill a basin with water and started to wash the disciples' feet and used the towel that was girded around him to wipe their feet. And that is reflective of Philippians chapter 2. Paul relates to this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It basically was a picture of Jesus taking off his majesty, taking off his right to be God, the Son of God. He wanted to be human, and he wanted to serve us. And his, he washed the disciples' feet. You can imagine the disciples um, before that actually happening. Peter said, well, you know, I'm the leader. I'm the oldest. I'm not going to wash anybody's feet. John would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm the most loved of Jesus. I'm not going to wash anybody's feet. Judas would have said, all the money in the world isn't going to make me wash anybody's feet. Somebody else would have said, I did it last time. It's not my turn. But Jesus took the opportunity to show how we ought to serve. 
He had so much compassion for people. He had so much love for his disciples. He had so much time for us. He was a busy man. So Jesus is our ultimate example. Maestro, can I have the next slide, please? So why is it important to serve? Come back to this. Serving actually reveals the condition of our hearts. Are we generous enough? I remember Ness talking about how um, our vision earlier part of uh, coming out of lockdown again, regrouping. She talked about the generosity of our heart, saying it's, the, it's time for us to actually show how generous we are with our resources, with our time, especially with our time. Are we humble enough? Because serving means we are humble enough. Are we secure? Jesus, knowing all things was given to him, took off his outer garment, washed his disciples' feet. Are we submitted to one another? Paul encourages us to submit ourselves to one another so that we can serve one another well. And of course, Peter encourages us to use the gift God gives us to minister to one another. That's the 1 Peter 4.10 uh, reference there. So this is why it's important to serve. So where can we serve? But first of all, did you know that Jesus himself gave us a promise? He said in John 12.26, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. There is a promise. See that? How beautiful is that? You don't just do something for God and he just forgets you. No, he will honor you. So, some of the areas where we can uh, help in church. Uh, I didn't really have an icon for church, but that, that looks good enough. So, children's work, definitely. I know there's a big uh, need because we've got lots of children. Um, so, here's the practical bits, you know, children's work, audio, visuals, the welcome team, hospitality, camera operators, the setup team. These are areas I believe Rich will come and talk to us again a little bit later about and how we can actually um, commit to our time and our effort. And it's interesting because I looked at some statistics as well. For a church of our size, only 15 to 18% of the members actually get involved with serving in church. Can we actually increase and change that statistic? Can we actually find an area where we can actually serve? At the workplace, because some of us believe we are servant not only in church, but we serve at the workplace. There is a phrase that's being used more and more often, servant leadership. Do you know where it's coming from? It's coming from Jesus. It's coming from the Bible. Servant leadership at the workplace. So if you believe that you're serving in the workplace, stop being a dictator, but serve your employees. The reason why um, I got the job where I'm in now, I'm um, working for a company that works into Rolls-Royce, 
the HR lady was looking for somebody who would actually get into the weeds sometimes and help their employees out. So I said, look, I'm not here to dictate and tell people what to do. I'm here to serve the team that will work for me. And in her mind, that's all she wanted to hear. Isn't it amazing how Jesus will lead you? And to this day, um, my company, which I'm now working for, when I joined, made a loss of 3.5 million pounds. Nine months later, we're not finished the year yet, we've just about broken even. When you serve, something happens. The kingdom of God is extended even in your workplace, whether you see it or not, and things start to change. Just like with the woman with the issue of blood, power flows and touches people's lives. People who have been marginalized, people who don't believe that they've got their managers or their leaders that are there for them suddenly change. Something happens. It clicks in their mind. This guy is different. He's for us. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Whether we are in the workplace, whether we are serving in the church. What about at home? Husband and wives. How many times do we actually just want to get our point across and that's it, the conversation is over? But instead, why don't we serve each other by actually trying to understand first? Why don't we serve each other by actually putting the, sec the other person, looking after number two, first? Final slide, maestro. So, I've touched on lots of things. I touched on why it was important to serve. It is the nature of God. I touched on the examples that Jesus showed us of how he served and what power he worked with. That same power we have. Each one of us have the Holy Spirit put in you for a reason. You are called for something greater. But a lot of the time, we become shy. We become, uh, we hide in the shadows a little bit. When you serve in church, you have great opportunities to see God move in other people's lives. You've got a great opportunity of actually meeting new people. And so I'm calling you out today, out of your islands. Those of you who are introverts, you know what I'm talking about. Out of your islands. Serve not because I told you to today. Serve not because you have to. You don't have to. But serve because Jesus was our example. And serve because you get to. Jesus loved, and so he gave, and he served. That's it this morning, guys. I just want to leave you with a few more messages from... Um, Rich, but can we just, just close our eyes right now, just pray? Um, I recognize I've just talked about Jesus and amazing things he has done. And, you know, I want to give this opportunity for all of us here. If, with every eyes closed, every head bowed across this place, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and he said, hey, 
I need Jesus in my life this morning. You know, I, I've been walking a lonely life. I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know this Jesus that you say serves. Jesus still serves today, by the way. He's still here. He's alive. He's well. And you say, Chris, hey, pray with me. If you want to just put your hands up, I'll be happy to pray for you. Um, if you don't, you want to come and call me later, then that's fine. Um, just seek me out. And, but I just want to give this opportunity. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, say, Chris, it's me. Pray for me. I will pray for you. Anybody? Good. Okay. Could you shy right now? It's okay. I'll see you later if you come speak to me and some of the leaders will uh, pray with you. Father God, I thank you. Um, you're such an awesome and mighty God. You are our example, Jesus. What a servant you were. Help us, Lord, in the days going forwards as we seek to serve you in the church, outside in the workplace or universities or at home. Remind us, Lord, of who you were and how you walked on this earth, that we may be servants of the Most High God, that we extend your kingdom, Lord Jesus, for serving you.